James, do you want to talk about Criminal Minds Season 1, Episode 4, In Plain Sight? I would love, B, to talk about Criminal Minds Season 1, Episode 4, In Plain Sight, except it's just called Plain Sight. Is it just called Plain Sight? Yup, which feels very wrong, but I bought the DVDs and it just says Plain Sight. Hate that. I hate that. I hate that. What? I hate that so much. <laughs> why is it not called In Plain Sight? Is In Plain Sight like a like a movie? Like, why does that phrase feel so In Plain, in plain sight? sight is a common phrase that people say often. Plain yeah. Sight, nobody says. Maybe because like the killer is like plain. The killer is in plain sight. He's hiding in plain sight. In plain sight. In plain in. sight. The in is there. The maybe word they, in is so important there. Maybe they knew people were going to talk about it. They didn't want to say in, in plain sight. No. You know? I think they just did a did an episode title, Whoopsie. They did a whoopsie-doo. <laughs> <laughs> they whoopsie-dooed it pretty bad. <laughs> they they whoopsie-dooed it just a little bit. A little whoopsie-doodle. <laughs> they just whoopsie-dooed. Um, housekeeping. One thing I do want to say, so I am active on the Criminal Minds Tumblr. No, I will not tell you what my Tumblr is if you don't already know it. <laughs> and I got a message on there about, you know, whether or not I thought the characters were well written. And the answer like no, but also yes. Yeah. So we, in the first couple of episodes, we said one of the reasons we liked Criminal Minds was that the characters are well fleshed out and we care about them. Um, one, we recorded that back in October I don't even see through season six. Two, not even. Um, and two, I the characters are fleshed out over the course of the show, but like if you say had only watched the first six seasons, you might be like, like if you only watched the first six seasons, you're like, yeah, I know everything about these characters. And then the more time goes on, you're like, huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought she had a stepdad like huh yeah when did she where's her father like <laughs> where is she from like you're like wow did this happen like yeah it's um we number one if we ever say anything on this podcast and you're like that sounds like it was from five weeks ago. It's probably because we recorded this episode like five weeks ago. I hate to break it, you guys. We're not. We're doing a 15 season <laughs> podcast. There's a point where we're going to need to get a little ahead. Um, but also, number two, if you think we say anything stupid, yeah, we do. Just go with it. <laughs> just go with it, guys. Guys, just go with it. <laughs> I, I do. So, okay. Here's the thing about Criminal Minds and the characters. Here's the thing. The show does a really good job of giving you the pieces necessary to create the character for yourself. They're, you know what they never talk about when huh. Frankenstein is making his monster is the fact mm. that he needed to like source those body parts. <laughs> Criminal Minds did a really good job of sourcing the body parts. I don't right, think right. they did a great job making the miracle of life. So yeah, yeah. Just I think, think a, of it like that. And I think a lot of like, it's the rewatch that really makes the show, you know, because because by the time you, I don't want to spoil like big big spoilers. Um, so like, you know, you 
learn a lot about characters through specific episodes that come later and they kind of like retcon and like fill in missing moments so when you watch it the second time and you have those moments in your head you're like "Ooh, I see this and I see that and they're hinting at this here and like oh now I get Emily's conflict with am I a bad guy and like now I understand why Derek is this way you know Mm -hmm. but on the first watch through you don't have that yeah that's kind of I think think the thing yeah I think that happens with a lot of I noticed this a lot in procedurals is that they're much more fun to watch the second time because you already know what's gonna happen and I think you already know where the characters are gonna end up so you're like oh well how does this play into their overall journey right this is 15 years of television yeah this is 15 full fucking years of television yeah the characters are not the same people as they were when they began and they grow in some wild ass ways (laughs) spencer reed um spencer reed goes to jail and he should have probably stayed there like he should have been okay we'll get there um, we'll get there but yeah, in season two. Like it's uh. <laughs> it's a whole thing. The characters are inconsistent as fuck, and thus so will our conversations of them be kind of inconsistent at times. Yeah. Blanket for our whole podcast. I also think, you know, we talked about how like at some point the everyone working on the show just went, you know what? Fuck it. We're gonna do what we want. <laughs> but like I don't think like season one really feels like your standard primetime procedural of mm-hmm. like Here's some archetypes. Here's mm-hmm. some fun character moments to make you like them. Here's some cool cases that you're like, ha ha ha, I figured it out first. You know, but but it isn't until later that I think the characters kind of take that front seat. Yeah. And yeah. so if we say that a character sucks and it we're in seasons like one through, we'll say <laughs> one through three about That'll change. We'll probably love that character by the end, but we say that they suck now because season one through three characterizations. Boy, howdy. What a time. What a time to be alive, honestly. What a time to be alive in 2005, between 2005 and 2008. What a time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a time to be alive. Um, Okay. Plain Sight, season one, episode four, San Diego, California. Let's get into it. Because, wow, boy, howdy. Boy, fucking howdy. Okay. What an episode. Can I talk about Jeed now? Let's, yes. Talk about Jeed. Just yell. Okay. Just get into it. For those of you who don't know, (sighs) Jeed is the ship name, the couple name for JJ and Reed. And here's the, okay. A very unappealing ship name. I'm not going to lie to you. Not a good one. Every single ship name with JJ is just J. And, and then, then the somebody else's name. name. Jeed, yeah. Gemily, Janela B, yeah. Josh. Like every single one. Except but it's for- also hard because JJ is her name. It's just two of that same letter. So it's right. really hard do? to make anything else. The only difference is her fucking canon relationship, which is Willifer. <laughs> Which just like Jillium. Can, just, can you Jillium. imagine if it had been Jill? <laughs> it would have just been Jillian. Jill. <laughs> she ends up with someone named Will. Just putting that that's the joke. Okay. Jeed. Jeed. He okay. 
okay. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what I'm mm-hmm. going to say. Okay. I think that if this episode had been done well with the two of them, and if they had built up this relationship based on friendship, if it had been about, like, learning each other's, you know, JJ, you know, gets a little nerdy and Spencer, like, becomes a little jockey, you know, and they kind of, like, meet in the middle. I think this would have been a great relationship. Yeah. I do. I think it would have been, like, here's a study on two best friends who grow and learn and protect each other. I would have loved that. Instead, we get one episode, we get season one, episode four, where JJ spends the entire time looking at Reed like, what the fuck are you talking about? Literally, the entire episode. Like, there's his birthday party. And he's like trying to blow out the candles. And she's like, she's like, Reed. She's like, Spence, they're trick candles. They won't blow out. And then Derek says, yeah, listen to mommy. Which, okay, do your thing. And she like sticks his tongue out at at him. And Rita's like, mommy? Which, okay, Uh. step one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. Right away, I noticed that on this rewatch and I went, oh, no. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, no, like, get down with your bad self. I'm not here to judge anybody, <laughs> but like, wow. Also, no, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> so then they're on the plane and Reed says like, oh, you like, you never know what you get when you um, type death into a search engine. And JJ's face is literally like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then they get to the police station and Reed is like reading the paragraphs and like telling JJ about this like ballet between death and a lover. And JJ looks at him like, bro, what the fuck? Like, the whole episode, she's like, ew, dude, you're such a fucking nerd. And then at the end, when he's, like, she's on the plane reading, he sits next to her. She does not look up. She's reading. She's drinking her coffee. Does not look up at him at all. And then he goes, hey, I uh, heard you like football. And she, like, smiles at him, like, uh-huh. And then just goes back to reading. And then when he continues to stare at her, she like looks at him again. End of episode. Oh, love the setup for this romance. And then a, a little, it's, I can't. And then a little spoiler for next episode. It goes nowhere. The start of the next episode is Morgan being like, hey, Reed, how was your date with JJ? And he goes, I don't think it's going to work out. Never mentioned again. And then 14 seasons later, she can, oh God. I, okay. I got, I want you to know that I physically had a bad vibe shiver down (gasps) my spine when you mentioned that they do end up as the like Romeo and Juliet kind of-esque motherfucking bullshit. (sighs) We want to talk about that. I do want to talk about how this episode, (laughs) I. Yes, 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 yes. So, Criminal Minds is a bad show. (laughs) It Uh (laughs) had, the first season has 20, like 23 episodes, right? It's a whole network fucking season. That's like 23, 24 hours of television that you get. In hour four, they were like, let's set up this romance. And then in hour five, they were like, never again. <laughs> like, give it, g- 
give it some time. If you're going to do like a first season inner office romance, number one, let it build up a little bit more. Or number two, give it some more time to breathe because goddamn, they opened that door and then they slammed it shut. <laughs> they were just like, no. Also, like, you know, I don't know much about, you know, TV production, but you film in advance of things airing so it's not like it's not like episode four aired everyone went ew and then they cut it like they wrote it like that yeah they were working probably i would say six episodes ahead of where they were at or so they were like we're just gonna gonna and then i guess i slam this fucking door immediately so i will i will spoil one thing because this is what we're talking about about this retroactive filling in so we find out in season 14 (laughs) We find out what happened on the date. And basically, mm. and this is so fucking funny, Reed gives JJ two tickets to a Redskins game. Also, why is she a Redskins fan? She's from Pittsburgh. Why is she not a Steelers and fan? And she lives in she lives in DC now. Like Yeah. But she grew up in Pittsburgh. To, or like, yeah, the Pittsburgh or the like fucking Patriots. Like yeah. you're in better football area than the Redskins, sweetheart. Than the Red- they're now the Washington football team. Thank God. Finally. But. Oh, wow. JJ, why did they make that character decision for her? I don't know. Um, okay. Like who grows up in Pittsburgh and is like, yeah, the Redskins. I grew up in, I grew up in Minnesota and Iowa. And my dad being a fucking Dallas Cowboys fan <laughs> got me weird looks. I cannot imagine growing up in an actual football town like Pittsburgh and not liking <sighs> the Steelers. Also, like, if you didn't want her to be a Steelers fan, like, the Eagles are right there in Philly, right? Yeah. Like, the Redskins? Okay. Not the point Sorry. of this. Reed gets- For two life. gays, we're getting really deep into this, like, football character meta, and I'm not loving it. <laughs> just gonna okay. say. Just he gonna say. Ga- okay, he gives her two tickets to a football game and says, will you go to a football game with me? Even if he doesn't say on a date, that's very clearly date behavior. A date, yeah. If it's just we find two, out. Yeah. <laughs> we find out in season 14 that JJ got Penelope a ticket and said, why don't we make this like a group thing for the youngins on the team? JJ went... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to be very real with you right here, James. Yeah. I haven't watched past season 12. I know, I know you haven't. I'm here for both of us. (laughs) this is bonkers. She literally went, she went, Penelope, Penelope, listen to me right now. Penelope, I know you hate football, but Reed asked me on a fucking date and I can't fucking do it. Penelope, please, Penelope, come with me. I'll buy you so much goddamn wine. Please, Penelope, don't make me go on this date with Reed, please. And then Reed was like, I don't think it's going to work out. And, and, and Gideon got him expensive box tickets. She so paid for know. box tickets for Penelope to go with them. She went, Penelope, I will drop this $500 so I do not have to go on a date with Reed. That's where JJ's out. And then 14 years later, JJ goes, Reed, I've always been in love with you. Bitch, no! What kind of... Okay, Bitch, this is what where? I mean about the writing on this show. This is what I mean about the writing on this show. Not only... Not only... Did they put in the info of like, it wasn't like a bad date. No, they were like, we're going to tell everyone that JJ purposefully 
made it not a date. And then we are also going to tell you that she has indeed been in love with him the entire time. So there's that. Um, She's been with a man for 13 years. She has two sons with a man, Will, who's fine. He's but he's, I mean, we'll talk about his issues, but he's, you know, he's fine. Um, yeah, but all of that was fake. And, and, okay, I can't. I can't talk about Gemily. <laughs> I was not crying. We can't. We okay. We have to get into the actual part of this episode. Okay. okay we have okay. to get into the actual case because we have been recording for nearly t- half an hour and we have not spoken about this okay. case okay. or all the bullshit that goes into it. All right. So first off, episode opens with a woman. I one hundred percent thought this was Sasha Alexander. The entire time. And I even looked it up. And this is the same year that NCIS starts, which bonkers. Um, so I was like, oh, this must have been like her last, like, rando role before NCIS. It is not. Wow, it, is it really does woman. look like her, huh? It looks exactly like her. But it is a woman named McCarran Kelly. <laughs> McCarran was... Kelly is a very white name. <laughs> yeah. McCarran. Yeah. Sorry but to I... you, hon, but... <laughs> But Karen's, I mean, you could go for like, Mc, well. It's okay. just, anyway. <laughs> the fact that you put Mick in front of Karen and then yeah. last name Kelly. Okay. I mean, it's spelled very Irish. It's spelled very Irish. You know. Which makes it even more of a white name, but that's fine. Continue. Yeah. Um, so she's exercising, doing her um, Pilates. Like step aerobics. Yeah, step it's like aerobics. a fun step aerobics thing. She's. Yeah. I will say they upped their licensed music budget for this episode because they're like playing a fucking bop. Like, okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Open up this episode of Criminal Minds with a bop. Usually they just play like bullshit, like TV music that all sounds the same, but this one's a fucking bop. Yeah. So he comes into the house through the window, wearing gloves, um, and he like turns off the faucet, which is dripping, and he like fixes a utensil on the table so it's neat. Um, they never really, they never really talk about that when they, they do his profile. Really, but they made it, they made it really obvious that he was like had those kind of um, I don't want to say OCD tendencies, but that's typically what those kind of organizational signs. tendencies. Yeah, yeah, like his need, his need for neatness. Um, yeah, that's not what he uh, mentioned. Although, like, how would you know that, right? <laughs> you walk into a house yeah. and it's like at some point this sink was dripping. Like, no. <laughs> um, so he does that. He does that, and then he kills her. But then he, like, vacuums the floor, puts away her Pilates stuff, wipes down James, every surface. James, I do surface. have to tell you. I do have to tell you. That is not Pilates, bud. Isn't I don't know what pl- you think. No. Isn't Pilates, no, like, honey. the bouncing ball and yeah, the steps? This, no. It does have a ball. It is not. Pilates is, like, spicy yoga. This is, like. Step aerobics. Yeah, this is step aerobics. This is more, like. I not spicy aerobics. yoga. Step, step I was going to take a Pilates class. Is that step aerobics? That's the one I'm going to take. No. Yeah, that that what is in what that woman is doing in the episode is definitely step aerobics and not Pilates, which is just spicy yoga. I do just I have to say that because <laughs> oh. my mom would get on my ass if I did not. So <laughs> okay, fine, fine. He She's vacuums. a staunch spicy yoga defender. <laughs> Can I name this episode Spicy Yoga, please? Yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> can I? Yeah. Uh, 
okay, he vacuums, he puts away her step aerobics platform. He um, like cleans everything and then he smashes silver and glass and jewelry onto the ground. And then he writes um, a verse, well, half a verse of a 17th century ballad between death and a woman on a mirror. He also, I feel like this is a very important point. He glues their eyes open. Yeah, and they call him the Tommy Killer. Yeah. Because he glues their eyes wide shut, which is a musical reference or a rock opera, I'm assuming. Yeah. I didn't look it up. I meant to. I did not either. Tommy Uh eyes wide. Here we go. Tommy rock opera. Oh, the Who. It's the Who musical. Sure. The Who's Tommy. You've touched upon an aspect that I have little to no experience in. I was like, I was like, how do I not know this musical? Oh, because it's a <laughs> jukebox musical before my time. <laughs> um, okay. So we see that. And then it cuts. Reed's birthday. He's turning 24. I'm only two years younger than Spencer Reed is in this episode. I'm three years older than Spencer Reed is in this episode. And okay. I kind of hate it here. Yeah. I kind of uh, hate that yeah. <laughs> that like Twinkie dumbass Spencer Reed has like a better life than I do. Like I kind of Would hate you it here. say that Spencer Reed has a better life? He has a nicer house than I do, and that alone yeah, that's fair. he has like three but he makes bedrooms like in his apartment. A year. <laughs> that's also true. He has like a three bedroom apartment. I'm like, shit, that'd be fucking nice. I mean, I would love Sorry. to have a three bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a two bedroom. I have one. <laughs> I mean that's fair. Um Sorry, continue. No, you're fine. That the the joke about JJ being mommy, which is gross. Something that happens. Reed is wearing this stupid hat and he goes to Gideon and he's like, Can I take the hat off? And Gideon's like, Why wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's actually kind of fun. That's almost like my cute. favorite Gideon epi- like moment in these early episodes where he's just yeah. like I wouldn't take off the hat. So I'm I think like, my fine, favorite Gideon moment. Suffer. My favorite Gideon moment is next episode. I'll tell you what it is when we get there. Um, yeah, it's very funny. And then he, he, Reed is like, this whole episode is just like, why can't Reed get a date? I love that they. <laughs> we talked about this earlier. They like tried to make this into a workplace comedy and didn't know how to. This is a very workplace comedy subplot that they did where, like, why can't Reed get a date? And I'm like, by the way, this is a serious case about rape. Can I tell you something hilarious? Yes, please. In canon, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm about 90% sure of this. In canon, Reed has had sex once in his life. We learn mm-hmm. early on that he's not a virgin. And then he does not sleep with anybody for the entirety of the show. So who's reads one and done? We don't know. We don't know who it is. I would assume it's someone in like college, you know. But who's that one and done who number one? It, it happened before the, the only fun you could have with Spencer Reed is on a date. I feel like that man's Maybe Can I'm you just too gay. Spencer Reed's first time. 
you would need a date to recover from that. I would make him <laughs> buy me food for that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's so strange as to who they decide who Spencer is. They're like, he's yeah. kind of a dork, but he's sweet. And then they're like, but, by the way, he did have a one and done at some point earlier. You don't need to know about that. It's like, hey, yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> they like, they're like teasing him for being a virgin. And he's like, I'm not a virgin. Like, I've had sex with someone. And then like, he does not date anybody else for 15 years. So, I mean, I know there's like, you can put shit together however you want to, but like in canon, we know other people are getting it. Emily Prentice gets it. JJ has two fucking kids. We know Derek is getting it. Hodge has a wife for a bit. Rossi gets it. Spencer, no. None. Absolutely <laughs> none. We, Garcia even says at one point, like, I do, I do well for myself. <laughs> literally everyone has even Garcia's passing well Garcia dates Kevin which ill but also like she dates him for a bit like everyone has Emily Prentice has a Cinto win weekend JJ's got a haha I've got to get home to my husband a couple of times read nothing 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 <laughs> he dates people but that's it but also not really but I'm not really I wouldn't call Maeve <laughs> dating I mean, I, I mean what I don't know it's fucking weird anyway yeah. Anyway, Reed, okay. Reed talks about the search engine Google like it is a goddamn oddity in the world. I, I don't think they can say Google. Now they can't. it has become now it has become like synonymous with like I'm just gonna Google it. But back then he would have had to say like I used Google. You yeah, know, they'd and have they, to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he just says he says some weird ass shit like, you should see what comes up when you type the word death into a search engine. He says it like they've never, they've only had this technology for a day. Well, it's because L is like, so what? Is he a literature professor? And then Reed's like, or has an internet connection. Like, <laughs> Reed's the one being like, or the internet, internet exists. It's existed In for about five years or so. Yeah. In season two, there's an episode where Reed is like on his on a laptop in a police precinct, and then he goes, "Does this building have wireless internet?" <laughs> this show doesn't know what to do with the internet. 2005, 2006, 2007. What's the internet? <laughs> I had a Facebook in 2007. Yeah, it's like the internet came widespread around 2000 they had this for technology for like five years like y'all anyway Wild. yeah um yeah so we find out that they're using the 17th century ballad but they're only using we find out later but basically he's only using death's verses he's not like there's no conversation happening because the ballad is a conversation between death and a woman begging for her life but the killer only leaves death. And later when he calls, he says, I am death. So he's very much like um, putting himself into it. Oh, and then, so, so I thought this was really interesting. JJ mm -hmm. is not the one who presents the case. No one actually kind of presents the case. Um, Hodge gets a phone call. And then he says, sorry, guys, party's over. We've got a case. And then JJ just has seven packets with the info hands it out Hotch is like the Tommy killer because of the musical and it's in San Diego and then he says meet you on the plane no wheels up not a wheels up I'm really not a wheels up. 
maybe we named our podcast bad and we're just not getting no. to a wheels up. No, because maybe we've you, done a bad. No, man. Oh, you haven't gotten there. Okay. So at the end of season 13, they're like trying to decide if they're like, I don't know, going to keep being FBI or something. Like, it's so weird. But they're all like, wheels, wheels up, hands in the circle. Wheels up. And every one of them says wheels up and puts their hand in. And at one point, JJ's like upset. And he's like, JJ, wheels up? And JJ's like, yeah, wheels up. <laughs> like I said, Why? Gonna... Why? <laughs> You're listen, listen. They needed a fun catchphrase to put on merch. And we should be glad that they don't own right, the idea right. of wheels in the direction of up so we can also <laughs> put it on merch. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, okay. I'm, a, um, I'm right. I always am. You are always right. Um, so anyway, I thought it was interesting that JJ's not picking cases yet. So her her role right now as media liaison is like, talking to i guess the police precinct talking to the press and that's pretty much it um they also yeah, she don't... doesn't get this case they just kind of it just happens go which in the future that still does happen but jj is the one who gets the call and in yeah. this case they made it hot and then later when they show up at the police precinct Hotch is the one who shakes the guy's hand and then he introduces jj you know, so whereas yeah. in the future, JJ is like, hello, we've already spoken on the phone. I'm the one who've been talking to you. In this case, they're like, hi, I'm Hotch. This is JJ. Like, yeah. Yeah, they really don't know what to do with JJ's character quite yet. No. And they really don't for all of season one. No. They're really just figuring it out because they made up a job position for her. Yeah. It, yeah, they were just like, okay. Yeah, because I think she's, at this point, she's just media liaison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But later she becomes like the communications liaison. So I think she's, I think in this season one there, and I think this is purely a show change and not any sort of actual promotion she got. But I think that in season one, they're really using her as like the face to the press and like PR and that kind of stuff. Whereas in later seasons, they give her the added, like someone has to sort through all these cases and it can't be Hotch. So because Hotch already does so much paperwork. Yeah, they actually, just don't no. know what they're doing with her this season. It's a little weird. No, you know what I just realized though. So, and I realized this when I rewatched season one, episode one with the commentary. Gideon is the unit chief. Gideon yeah. is the unit chief, and Hotch is something else. So maybe JJ is the media liaison. Hotch is doing that communications work, and Gideon is the unit chief and then when Gideon leaves Hotch becomes unit chief and JJ takes on the communications role there you go criminal lines we fixed your fucking show except there's one problem with that Um, yeah don't talk about it don't talk about the problems with that is that Gideon doesn't leave until like season three or whatever two three also like what the fuck is Rossi's job what does he do I don't know he just came back and was like I'm here now (laughs) give me an office give me an office bye okay we're not there yet God, what a fucking power move to be able to walk into your old workplace, be like, give me an office, and then they do. I'm back. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, what else about this episode? Oh, yeah. Okay. What about um, this this episode? They're still, they still don't care about the name. JJ doesn't do anything to make him not the Tommy killer. We're still into naming serial killers. Yeah, they really just like take that and run with it. They make yeah. no mention of trying to stop no. it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so fun. I think I think something changed in the real world and they updated themselves to match. Probably. I, I, I think at this point maybe we're still naming serial killers. We're still doing, you know, Green River Killer, um, who is the Golden State Killer. We're still doing, you know, yeah. the Night Stalker and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, see you on the plane. No wheels up. This is sad face. I'm very sad. Yeah. So we find out that the killer strangled them with wires and he brought his tools and he took his tools, which makes him think that makes them think that he's got like a kit. You know, yeah. he has like a murder kit like in his car. Oh, I just know, saw this note that I wrote that said nobody told AJ Cook about the romance. <laughs> That's why they forgot to, they forgot to let her know. Yeah. Um, oh, and Gideon's doing his eye drawings. Yeah, he's just doodling. Just drawing his eyes. Just it, doodling. Letting it stew. Letting it stew in his really old just brain. just it percolate inside of his head, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's like, it's the eyes. And he says that like four times this episode. He's like, it's the eyes. He's just like, I just don't understand how eyes work. It's just yeah. the eyes. It's just the eyes, though. It's just the eyes. Yeah. Also, okay, so another thing I noticed when they get to the police precinct is the subtitle says Task Force Headquarters. San Diego Police Department. And the guy that introduces himself and says, hi, I'm the head of the task force. Yeah. Which we don't get. Later, it's just like local people being like, hey, three people have died. Could you like help us? Could you help us out? <laughs> yeah. They but sometimes like, do yeah. have this in, I've noticed they have it sometimes when they're in like bigger cities that ostensibly sure. have more of like a budget sure. to like make task forces or like when the case has gone on for longer then they have like a specific task force, but yeah, they really just kind of are like, "Hey, what's up? We're a task force. Isn't that a cool, cool title for this? We're a task yeah. force." Yeah, like, okay, get it, yeah. I guess. And they say the same thing also in episode one, which I didn't even notice, was that um, when they go to Seattle, there's an FBI task force force there. Yeah, you know, already there's an FBI tax task force, and they show up. So I just thought that's interesting because. I don't remember there being task forces later. But yeah, you could totally be right that it's like a bigger city case or a high profile case. Yeah, they just kind of are like, fuck it. Let's fuck just it. change it up. Let's just change up the language here so we have something spicy for this episode. Yeah. Also, something they did that I thought was interesting is they call the victims, they keep saying high risk victims at a high risk time of day. So when we say now a high-risk victim, we mean like a sex worker. We mean like a homeless person. We mean somebody whose quote-unquote lifestyle puts them at high risk to being a victim. Mm -hmm. In this episode, when they say a high-risk victim, they mean high-risk to the killer. Yeah, I noticed that they swapped that, and I was really thrown off by that, actually. Yeah, it should be a low-risk victim. They're in houses with gates, in a open, well-patrolled neighborhood. Like, these are mm -hmm. victims that are at low risk. So it was really interesting to me when they called it, like, a high-risk victim. Also, the middle of the day is a low-risk time of day. Well, you know? yeah, they were doing it, though. They were doing it like it is high-risk to the killer to go yeah. in this time of day. Yeah. yeah, it's wonky that they did that. I don't know if yeah. that was just something that they decided, like, across the board. They just finish out their fucking show Bible, and they were like, we need to change this. So... Yeah. Or if that was something that, again, like, changed in the real world, so they needed to change it. It's real bold of you to assume that Criminal Minds has a show Bible. 
I assume they have to to keep all their shit straight, right? I mean, they it's make like one as they go. Of, it's they like, build every episode, but then they change it anyway. Ugh, they have they have a show bible. It's like three pages on crumpled yeah. the backs of like crumpled yeah. receipts, and yeah. that's their show bible <laughs> in someone's drawer in an office no one uses anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. kill to see the show bible for Criminal Minds, like an early draft of it. I think it'd be so neat. I would love to know what was left out. What were they trying to go for with the first season, you know? Like, like how much of, like, character backstory is the actors? How much is the writer? You know what I learned today? I learned that, you know, the episodes where Matthew, where Spencer Reed has a headache, like a bad yeah. headache? It's because Matthew Gray Goobler was like, oh, you're firing the women. I want to leave the show too. So they gave him the chance to have a brain tumor, but then it got worked out and that's where the headaches just disappeared. That's actually very cool of him. So but... I, I know that's very cool of him. And like the episode where uh, Spencer gets shot in the leg, it's because Matthew Gray Goobler had a leg injury and needed to wear crutches. So they had Spencer get shot in the leg so his character could wear crutches. More so crutches, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, so many of the plot points in this show are literally the actors being like, Excuse me, I would really like a couple of weeks off if you could just like put me in the hospital for a hot minute. <laughs> it's interesting, but that is the way that like that's it's, that is the way that TV procedurals have to work, right? Because I mean, it's 15 years. Yeah, I, I can imagine. You can write a fucking novel, but then the main character might come down with a bad cold. Like you just yeah. like there's shit that you just can't control and you have to write around, which is a fun exercise that like screenwriters do to like yeah. get their shit together and figure out how to best write around creative things that the actors do. It's just but like, so also, funny for the show. <laughs> it is so funny, but also it's so interesting. I want to see if anybody has a hookup, I want to see the original show Bible for criminal minds. Like what did you have on this pitch docket? Like yeah. what, what what just like what were you going for i found a couple of like scenes the script for a couple of scenes i can share one for you yeah That's it's just I'm... like <laughs> yeah. it's just i want to see what their show bible looks like because i want to know what they thought the point of their show was in 2005 you know hey criminal minds i've got a couple of questions for you hey criminal minds <laughs> hey criminal minds hey did you like um have a coherent timeline because I tried to figure it out and um it don't. No, it does not. It doesn't. And also, even when it does, there is this episode in season two that is set on Super Bowl Sunday. It is set February 4th, 2008 in Washington, DC. You know what JJ wears outside? A fucking crop top. February in DC. She was a fucking crop top. And I know it's Hot February 4th, 2008. Hot girl shit. Hot girl shit. Hot girl shit. Hot girl shit. It's just hot girl shit, dude. Don't worry about it. It's hot girl shit. I just like, I can't do it. I'm trying to figure out the timeline so I can write things in certain times. Like, so I can figure out what time certain episodes take place. None. None times. None times. It's literally like, so if that's February and this happens 10 months later, it should be this month. No. No. <laughs> no. no. They just it's, didn't really care about their timelines. Criminal Minds, I have some questions, Criminal Minds. Okay. Can we also question why they... James. Hmm. What? 
There's a floating picture montage in this episode. (laughs) And the voiceovers of the women. Yeah. Good job, honey. You're doing great. And like the little kids coming in. And I'm just like, what's the point? What's the point? It's Gideon's fucking Sherlock mind palace. It's his mind palace. I mean, we get a literal episode where the math (laughs) flows through the air like fucking Sherlock Holmes mind palace shit. Gideon and Morgan go to the house to look it over. Yeah. Then, as soon as they get there, they find out that another house has been broken into and another rich white woman has been attacked. Mm -hmm. And the police officer that they're with goes to check it out. And he wants Morgan and Gideon to go with him. And Morgan says, whatever we find in this house will help you prosecute. And then they proceed to walk through the entire house um, without gloves. But they did say that the scene has already been processed. It's just still locked up. Right. And I have that. I have that in my notes that they it's already been processed. All the stuff's been taken out of it. But, like, if you're still looking for stuff that'll help someone prosecute, shouldn't you still be taking those extra steps? Again, like I said, this show doesn't care about the prosecution of it, baby. Just they, As soon as they catch the guy, they're done. They're done. That's not my problem. <laughs> That's not their problem anymore. It's not Derek Morgan's problem that he climbs in through the exact window that just got dusted for Prince earlier that day. It's not his problem. It's not his problem. Yeah. Um, okay, they figure out that he's breaking things because he's jealous, that he had just spent like, a lot of time there. So he's like, his truck or car wouldn't have been noticed. So he's someone who like belongs in the neighborhood. They also um, do a funny thing where Gideon is like, he, Gideon looks at the ground dramatically, drops to the ground to look under the bed. Then he comes back up. He's like, he vacuumed. <laughs> Whoa! Like, it's just so dramatic of like, he fucking vacuumed the sick fuck. <laughs> he vacuumed. <laughs> and then he put the vacuum away. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I made a note. So Reed is wearing his gun on his hip in this episode. At some point, he starts wearing it on his front because people keep making fun of him for it. So Reed actually gets less competent with his gun as time goes on. I just made that little note. I was like, what the fuck? Why did they like make that a thing later when he like knows how to wear it? earlier he just man spencer i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask every question about this show i know there's no answers i'm gonna ask every question i can about this show (laughs) eventually though you have to think over 15 years that we're gonna be doing this podcast we'll probably get somebody with at least a few answers on at some point you know (laughs) so then we can have a super cut of all of your questions play and then just lightning round it out q a matthew gray goobler (laughs) Why does Reed? Why does Reed have the Reed effect in episode one and never again? Great. Why does he was deciding that it's fun? Great. Literally. Literally. Why not just wear glasses the whole time? Great. Like just just some questions I have. Um. Okay. Um. Gideon. Oh, Gideon once again comes up with a profile on his own. So I realized that in this early season, we talked about Gideon having main character syndrome. He has main character disease pretty bad. Yeah. So everyone else on his team is essentially just kind of like a researcher. Yeah. You know, like really it's Derek, L, and Reed are researchers. JJ's the PR person. 
Garcia is the tech person who is constantly bragging about how like good she is and stuff, but um, has not done anything yet. Shut up. Don't question it. <laughs> I'm just, I love her to death. She calls JJ Peaches in this episode. That's such a fun, cute French nickname. Yeah, I literally wrote it down. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> she calls JJ. She's peaches. like, Peaches, Peaches, that's not a problem. I was like, ah, Peaches. <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. Um, oh, they're besties. I have I seen them. two pretty best friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, and then Hotch is also like a researcher for Gideon, but he has some more like he has the ability to question Gideon, and nobody he else has does. the keys to the research lab. Nobody else does, right? Gideon, right? Gideon's the research professor. Hotch is his TA. <laughs> yeah, literally, everybody else is just poor, yeah. poor undergrads. <laughs> and JJ's the receptionist. <laughs> like that's kind of. The metaphor Fair. here. Yeah. So they present the profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, JJ is not in the room when they give the profile. She's just not there. She's just not there, which I think is really interesting because later, even when she's communications liaison, she she's is in the there. room. And I have a feeling that after North Mammon is where she starts getting more input. You'll know that episode when you see it. I love her. Um, but she's very underutilized. Yeah. They just needed a woman. They really just needed a woman press agent. Yeah, literally that's it. Yeah, and they didn't like blonde. I said they didn't know what to do with her, so they were just like, uh, yeah. "No, she's not in this yeah. one." I really Bye. think it is a testament to AJ Cook's screen presence, to her acting ability, to just her like strength in the room, that she took this like tiny, shitty little role. episode. Role. Yeah. And became fucking Jennifer Giroux. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, it could have been nothing. I mean, the same thing with Kirsten. You mm-hmm. know? Like, the two of them have these, like, bit parts. Things just needed to be filled. So they just put two women in it. And mm-hmm. both of them were so wonderful that they it's also, were there. Yeah. I love that they... In later seasons, when they're doing the one-season wonders with the ladies... Mm-hmm. um. That's what I call them, and I do love them all dearly. Yeah, uh, I are. do love all those filler agents so much. Um, <laughs> it's a testament, I think, to how, like, you can build something fucking solid if you have, like, a foundation of JJ and Penelope and, yes. like, Derek and Reed. Like, that's a yeah. fucking solid foundation to put anybody on. And I really yeah. do think it's a testament to how well those actors work together. And you can even see the beginnings of it here where like, it's like little shit. Like, sure, maybe Spencer gets hard eyes because JJ constantly calls him Spence, but that's like a nickname that the rest of the team does later. Like, yeah. it's just like they do so much with so little interaction time in these first yeah. seasons that they're like, we're going to use the 30 seconds of bullshit time to call each other cute nicknames like Peaches. And right, I just, and I, it's such yeah. a good character building thing. These actors are very smart in the way that yeah. they build characters off of nothing. Yeah, and I was going to say too, you know, when we talk about these characters being fleshed out, I really feel like it's more like the perfect actors for the role. You know, yeah. like it, the reason Criminal Minds resonates so hard, lasted so long, is like the perfect actors playing the perfect characters for them, you know, the crew knowing how to show that off you know the writers eventually like learning that rhythm and that bond you know like it's it's really something about 
the people in the room. You know, if it had been like a different actor, oh, you know, oh, something I learned, you know, the um, footpath killer guy, mm-hmm. he was going to be Reed originally. Oh, oh, yeah. And then that actor was unsure if he wanted to do like a whole series. So it was hmm. Spencer instead. Yeah, like we could have gotten a much different, darker Spencer Reed and it would have been good, but it would have just been way different. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, it's like this version of these characters was, with these actors, really built something solid as hell. I mean, to the point where, like, when, spoiler alert, JJ leaves, there is so much backlash that she's back by the end of the season. Yeah. You know, like, people are like, no, fuck you. Like, this is the character that you've built. This is the character we want to see bring AJ Cook back. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And it's so fun to see the early part of these characters is like, that's the thing that's getting me through these dark days of season one <laughs> where it's like, yeah, sure. Everybody sucks, but next season they're going to be a little bit better. It's even, there's even a fun interaction between fucking L and Gideon who oh, yeah. like L like asks him about the birds and you see Gideon do like a cute thing where he's like, Oh yeah, it's that kind of burn. And they like have a good little like back and forth about fucking birds. And then of course Gideon big brains it out to be like the fucking telephone pole. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote like, that. This is the first time Gideon talks about birds. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I just think him. that's such a fun, like they put, they, they put down just little, just little, little bricks. They're yeah. just laying some bricks here. It's not quite a foundation just yet, but they're laying a few little bricks and it's a good little, yeah. you made some good little bricks. You don't have a full foundation yet, but you did some good lay work here. I feel like that's a point at like season five where they could have stopped making this show about crime and made it entirely about their home lives and them being friends. And people would have been like, Yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. Sure. I mean, you couldn't because it goes against the fact that the show is called Criminal Minds. I mean, but like, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, they really do. They do explore it more because, and I think they were able to do that because they had such a solid foundation Yeah. built from season one and from the yeah. actors being so fucking good and yeah. like having little things like Gideon really likes birds and Elle really hates men and that's all you need to know about them <laughs> and that's fine. It's so interesting that they like, the things they choose to tell us, like we do not know JJ's birthday. We don't know how old she is. We don't know any of that, but we like see her hometown. We meet her mom. We see her house with her husband and her kids. It's like, we see that stuff, but like, tell me how old she is. How old is JJ? Like, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like interesting the stuff that they like choose to give you. Like I know that Hotch for some reason is two years younger than Emily Prentice? Don't think about things too hard, James. Don't think about things too hard. I only have the too hard mode. <laughs> James, turn off your brain. Uh, Let's go back to this plot, to this episode okay. plot, to this case so, plot. So Gideon and, oh, we skipped something. So the other break-in that happened. Yeah. Mo- no, Hotch and Ella there mm-hmm. and... It's like a woman has been attacked in her kitchen. Her husband came home and caught the guy. Right away, there's a uh, discrepancy because this other guy knows when the husband would not be there. So yeah. why would he attack moments before the husband gets home? 
Mm-hmm. Two, we learn that he's wearing a ski mask, which mm-hmm. this guy would never have done because the whole point is to be seen. And yeah. three, it's a black guy who yeah. would have been noticed in that fancy ass neighborhood because racism and classism. Yeah. <laughs> Elle has this great line when she goes to talk to this woman is this this woman is surrounded by men and you can tell that she's nervous and not thinking straight and her husband's just doing all the speaking for her and everything like that Nell's just like I'm gonna go talk to her not just like why why she's like she's surrounded by men and like so true misandrist L so true ma'am so true L hates men (laughs) she hates men so much but also like it's just such a you can tell she like gives this woman like space and I know they're just like kind of drawing off of Elle's background in sex crimes, but she gives this woman space. She's like, I'll be right behind this door when you want to talk. Just like sit out here for a little bit and hang. It's all yeah. right. And yeah. it's just like, this is such a fun side of Elle. And it shows mm-hmm. like her expertise and why they need her in a way that like this episode finally feels that she's like gelling with the team. She's a you member know, of the team now. I think that, they really do have JJ replace Elle personality wise once yeah. Elle leaves. Because, you know, JJ becomes that like comforting person. Well, first off, they start taking her on fucking cases. And second off, they she does become that like comforting mm-hmm. I know what it's like to be a woman in a man's space. And JJ also hates men. JJ also hates men so goddamn JJ much. JJ hates men so goddamn much. Yeah. But so, it's also, I don't know, it's so neat to see. There's things about Elle's character that I actually really do like. I know not a lot of people really, really love Elle because she's pretty one-dimensional, but there's this little dimension of, like, her when she's interacting with other women or when she's, like, in the first episode when she's, like, I'm not going to send a SWAT team into a house with children. Like, there's just, like, this little bit of, like, sure, she hates men so goddamn much, as she (laughs) should, queen. But, like, then she's also really sweet when it comes to ladies and i know that's just because she's a raging lesbian but that's fine (laughs) she's like really sweet when it comes to like ladies and kids and i'm like okay yeah queen no i think i think it does add a good dimension to her i think they really could have made her just like a man hating angry person and it's i think her interaction with women and girls and kids shows that like she's angry for a reason. Yeah, she know? has good reason to be angry because yeah. I'm just going to gesture wildly here. Pretty much everything she has a good reason to be angry about. Yeah, I think it does a good job of being like, Elle isn't this angry, you know, Latina who hates white people and men and fuck them. You know, she it's more just like she has been through a lot. And, you know, I think like most women would agree it's safer to be suspicious of the people who as a general group try to hurt you the most, you know? So she's very much like, I'm going to get this girl out of here. Let me talk to this woman. Like you're scaring the kids, all you men in suits, you know? And I think that is a good, a good thing. And she's kind of (laughs) sexy. She is. I love, I love a mean woman. (laughs) <laughs> Queen, step on me. I love it. Be mean to me, honey. I love you. Um, okay. So. Also, I do just have to say, she is Italian. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Hate that. She is Italian. They did cast an Italian to play a Hispanic woman. Like, they love 
to do. Do it's weird. Why do they? Why do they Hispanic code her? <laughs> why is I mean, that? I mean, they they have been doing that since the days of, um, fucking West Side Story. Everyone in West Side Story, the movie, with the exception of Rita Moreno, is Italian in brownface. Yeah, right. It's I a, hate that, huh? Yeah, it's because Italians are white, so they cast. You know, they'd rather cast like a. I mean, this isn't going to sound good, but like a brown-skinned white person. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, they'd yeah. rather cast, like, a dark-skinned white Italian than a Hispanic person. I mean, what's her face? Flora Lima, right? Florina yeah. Lima from Supergirl was Italian. Um, It's a big problem. I have a lot of opinions about Hispanic people being played by other um, nationalities. Hollywood do be saying all brown women the same, though. Yeah, wow, they really do, huh? Yeah, and as a Cuban-American, <laughs> it makes me very angry. That's anyway. fair. So, yes, she's Italian playing Hispanic? What, they, do we, is she Puerto they really Rican? Don't, they really don't expand on it, other than... I feel like she says she's Puerto Rican. I don't Rican. think she does. I don't think she ever says. If they don't say, they just assume they're Puerto Rican. Because that's yeah. what they like to do in Hollywood. Excuse me. Oh my god, Elle's nickname is Peanut. It's cute. Elle's unnamed mother is Cuban, and she's fluent oh, in Spanish. Half Cuban. So she's... Okay, I will accept so the portrayal... She's Cuban. I'll accept the portrayal of a half Cuban woman. I do not accept that they've chosen an Italian woman to play her. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I guess it counts as half Cuban rep. I'm happy about that, I but mean, also cast a fucking half Cuban. I mean, like, what the fuck? yeah, or just okay. cast a fucking Cuban or anybody who's not white. Literally anybody who's not white. Like, I know she's not like white skin tone, but like she's a European. She's Italian. She's, she's Italian. still yeah. white. I, I followed her on Instagram. I love her Instagram, but she's. Does she have uh, a fun Instagram? She does. Oh, she does some acting stuff still. I was like wondering what she was like up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cute, just cute. We really, we really just come on here and we are like, we're really. We're talking about criminal minds. This is barely a podcast that we're like, oh my God, is her Instagram fun? I'll have to go check it out. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you about this other show. Okay. This is barely a podcast. This is barely a podcast. <laughs> okay, back, we're back on the show. We gotta be back. We've been recording yeah. for an hour and 10 minutes and we barely what? have a podcast. Wait, we were just recording for half an hour before. No, we've been recording for an hour and ten minutes. <clears throat> wow. Uh, okay. Hey, let's so. go back to this case then. <laughs> they kind of set a trap for the the Tommy killer to come out and talk to them because they have, yeah, they have Morgan and L go arrest the dude, and he pretty much like admits it immediately. Arrest the kid who attacked the old woman. Yeah, so they arrest the kid who attacked the old woman. He pretty much, like, he sings like a canary immediately. Yeah. Um, Which I love that they do that to absolve the guilt of putting a potentially innocent person all over TV, saying that he's, a like, a rapist. I love that they do that so they're like, don't worry, guys. He's definitely guilty. Guys, don't even think about it. This guy definitely did the other crime. Oh, yeah, I love yeah, that yeah, they yeah. just work that as like an absolute. They're like, I don't worry about it. <laughs> he did it, so, though. <laughs> yeah. So they say that this kid is the Tommy killer. JJ gives a press conference with her back to the street. And Elle and Morgan drive up and like walk the kid in. 
And JJ's like, and that's what we know at this time. Bye. And like laughed and was like, they think it's him. It'll be on the 11 o'clock news, which like the 11 o'clock news. I love that they do that, that they, this is a thing that they do fairly frequently is they put on a fucking show. These are not just like dumb FBI kids. These are former theater kids. Y'all You know (laughs) that they are, they are putting on this fucking pageantry right now. Yes. We see that good, good professional JJ mask. Yeah. She's like, we have a person of interest. We can't say anything more at this time. Meanwhile, they are just traipsing this dude. And then she walks inside and she's like, it totally worked. (laughs) We'll be on the 11 o'clock. And so Mm -hmm. they are counting on the real Tommy killer to call them and be like, you got it wrong. You fucking dumb idiots. Which he does. When he, he, he absolutely does. However, Garcia isn't able to get a trace on him because he routes it through like a hundred different substations, 25, 25, 25 different substations, substations. of mm-hmm. phone towers. So she yeah. can't route it back at all. So and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, go ahead. And he tells them on the phone that he's going to kill the next day to show that they haven't caught him. So yeah. now there's a deadline. They got to figure it out. They've got a day. They got to figure this shit out. And it's 11 p.m. Because we know that because it showed on the 11 o'clock news. So. So. Is there an 11 o'clock news? It's a 24-hour news cycle now. Well, like there's still like the flagship programs at like 10 and 11. Yeah. So in the morning, the team takes up the neighborhood. There's quadruple patrols. Because after the third murder, when they realize that it... So basically, the first three murders happen. Nobody put this guy's name... Like, nobody realized it was the same person. Yeah. So he started writing those quotes on the mirror so they would know that it's a serial it's killer. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And so after that third murder, when they realized it was a serial killer, that they doubled the patrol in the area. And then yeah. after the most recent murder, that they the BAU... It again. Yeah. They doubled it again after the BAU got called in. So now there is four times the normal number... That's math, right? Four times the normal number of... Yeah, twice and then twice. That's four. Okay, yeah, sure. Sorry, I was like really confused for a second. Yeah, no, you. I got you. I'm not I'm good not at math. A, Continue. I'm not a math gay. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of police out, and then the team is out in unmarked cars. They're like trying to figure it out. Um, Reed and Morgan have a very cute interaction where Morgan's like, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. And Morgan says, no, it's like looking for a needle in a needle stack or a stack of needles. And Morgan's like, what? And Reed says, a needle would stick out in a haystack. Which, would it? There's a reason that (laughs) phrase exists, Reed. And he was like, we're looking for a specific needle in a stack of needles. Like, okay. But if all the needles are the same in that stack, just take any. And then if it's a different needle, then like, that would stick out, but like one tiny needle in a stack of hay. I just okay, whatever. Morgan is like, ah ha 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 ha. <laughs> Spencer Reed has never seen a fucking haystack in his life. If he thinks you can find anything no. easily in there, he no. has not set foot on any sort of dirt road, any sort of farm. He no. has not laid eyes on an actual haystack. No, no, he has not. He went from like one city, wherever the fuck he was born, Vegas. He went from Vegas to fucking grad school <laughs> to dc man has never seen a farm 
it's like you can't find shit in a haystack because you couldn't find a person in a haystack if the haystack <laughs> was big enough because hey here's here's a fun thing about hay mm-hmm. it makes everything very quiet they use it as insulation for a reason because it gets very warm and blocks out noise. Mm-hmm. You can't find shit in a haystack. Especially not a needle. Spencer Reed and his just blatant disrespect of farm life would <laughs> the death of me. He's Hi, city. I grew up in Iowa. I'm angry about it. <laughs> oh yeah, happy new year, everyone. <laughs> This is our first episode in 2020 and we're 2021 and we're spending the whole Ooh. the whole episode complaining about Jeed. What's up? <laughs> new year, new negative energy. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, you can tell how um fascinating this episode was by the fact that we can't talk about it. We are we've been recording for an hour and 20 minutes and uh. we ain't got shit. So yeah. Gideon and L are paired up in this little mission. And I think that's actually a very interesting pairing because, like I said, they have, like, some good talking time. Also, Elle almost always drives. Like, Gideon's in the driver's seat in this case, but Elle is like, give me the keys, I'll get the car. And then in all the previous episodes, she always drives. I just Because she's that. a fucking dyke. I love her! <laughs> Gideon is like, I'm gonna drive. And she's like, excuse me, no. And he's like, Elle, that's an order. And she's like... fine (laughs) Fine. (laughs) literally she just doesn't listen she's a woman in charge of her own fate and if her own fate includes driving then that's what she'd do she's not gonna (laughs) let anybody else drive on the in the car of life for her nice metaphor there i made that a metaphor (laughs) the car of life okay talk about the goddamn birds so Elle is like looking up at the like telephone wires and there's a little bird that comes up and like flies on to rest on the wires. And she's like, oh, is that a, what kind of bird is that? And Gideon answers immediately. Yeah. He's like, it's a fucking, I don't know, brown, uh, I don't know what fucking kind of bird it was. <laughs> it's like a he's cardinal like, or something. Yeah. He's like, it's a, it's a brown breasted chest peak chest beak or some shit like that (laughs) (laughs) he's like a female immediately and then the next one he pops that pops up he's like oh look another brown breasted chest beak which is not a bird but (laughs) and this one's a female and then he looks at there for a second longer and he's jason gideon genuinely smiles at this he looks like he's having a good time watching these birds these birds look like the only thing that have brought him joy in the past week and a half he has a whole he has a whole monologue about birds. About, about how men have to dress up to get girls' attention. They scream and they cry because deep down they know they have no biological significance. And like he has this whole like incel rant about the shit men have to do to get women. And Elle's like, can't relate. Anyway, I'm <laughs> anyway. gay. Anyway, so like birds. <laughs> and he's like, anyway, oh. so birds. Yeah. And he, though, like looking at these birds, it's the only time he has looked happy. <laughs> Literally, he just has a little smile. Uh, he fucking loves birds, man. Gideon's one true passion is fucking birds. It really is. <laughs> but like- so while he, yeah, while he's staring at these birds, he sees the phone lines and he's like, oh, damn. It's like, 
Hold the fuck up. Yeah. And then they go back to the woman's house. They go to um the bedroom. The original the original house. And they go to the bedroom, lays on the bed as if he's the woman. Which I don't know why he didn't before because like they always role play and shit, but whatever. He's not he hasn't It would have been solved too easily. He hasn't uh he hasn't gone this far in his LARPing career just yet. He hasn't started his full live action role plays yet. You're right, you're right. He hasn't committed to his role as a tiefling yet. Exactly. He really mm-hmm. needs to like he's really trying to decide if he wants to be like a fighter or a paladin. He really like has not decided yet. And so that sort of indecision is killing him. Yeah. So he lays down on the bed. He looks out the window and he sees that the woman was staring at the telephone pole. Because they realize that like the reason he glues their eyes shut, we know is because he's an exploitative rapist and he wants them to look at him mm-hmm. while he's raping them. But all of them were on their back with their faces turned away. So like they wouldn't have been looking at him. And he would and Gideon realizes like he wanted them to see him afterwards. And that's yeah. why they're staring up at the telephone pole. And that's how he realizes it's a telephone pole worker. Repairman. Telephone pole repairman. I love the sequence of events that unfolds from mm-hmm. Gideon's big brain moment. Because Gideon mm-hmm. Gideon has this big brain moment. And yeah. then he calls the phone company or Penelope and he's like this call was routed through 25 different substations. Who would know how to do that? I'm Here's the guy's name. And he calls Hotch with that information and that's just they're just done with that whole here's the guy in like a minute or less. They're just like, yeah. here's the dude. His name's fucking Franklin Ganey. That's yeah. our guy. Let's get him. But it's like, and- so, so this is what I love about it is that Morgan and Reed go to the Bell office. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't even call, they just go to the Bell office. And um, the guys at the front desk, are like, hey, how can I help you? And Morgan goes, FBI agents. We need a list of where all of your workers are. And the guy goes, FBI? And Reed goes, where are your workers right now? And he goes, oh, um, and Morgan goes, listen, we need, and it's like, dude, give the guy a second. Like, FBI people just came into his boring ass job. Like, give him a second. Damn. Give this man like a minute or two. He would have helped you. He does in the next second. (laughs) He just needed a minute. Okay, so they find out who he is, they find his truck, they find the house, Gideon goes in, the guy's like in the middle of tying a woman up. This, they have this baby. Oh god. (laughs) Losing his fucking mind. I was was like, what a young baby actor. What did they do to this baby? What did they do to this kid? Or... How do you explain to a child, to a right. child actor, Two that you need mess. him, that you need him to lose his fucking mind? I How do you explain so, that to a baby? They never show the baby's like mouth, so I bet it's like an adult voiceover actress. No, they show his mouth. They, they do? go, yeah, they do. They do a pan around for when, um, when 
uh, Gideon comes in? When Gideon comes in, they do a pan around, and he, like, it's like you're looking from Gideon's point of view, and you see the baby's mouth moving as he's losing his shit. I bet, I still think it's probably ADR. Oh, it definitely was, but, like, hot damn. Yeah. What a baby and or baby voice actor that was losing his fucking mind (laughs) there. Baby voice actor. (laughs) No, it was crazy. Yeah, that was really, really intense. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so Gideon calls, and it's like, it's this address, and he goes upstairs, and he's talking to the guy, and basically he tells the guy, like, if you kill her, I'll make sure that nobody ever forgets about you. Or um, if you kill her, I'll make sure everyone forgets about you. No one's going to know your name. No one's going to talk about you. Every now and then, they'll be like, hey, remember that one guy? What happened to him? Oh, well. And then, but if you let her live, I'll tell everybody what your name is, and you'll be famous. And whatever. And the guy's like, I mean, that's all I want, really. Yeah. Um, I wish that we had got to see some more of this guy, his home life. Because right before he makes the phone call where he's like, I am deaf, we see him watching TV and he squeezes a can of, like, store brand root beer so hard it punctures. And then a woman is like, shut up and he's like oh sorry like is that his mom is that his wife like what was the situation there? i think they kind of mentioned it is like this guy is almost certainly under the thumb of a powerful woman at home and this is how yeah. he's like acting out and like okay like teenagers act out by dyeing their hair and getting their ears pierced this yeah. man is murdering women it's a little yeah. more than acting out but okay um yeah. and so they just like i love that they have the ye old sitcom trope of just like woman yells from the other room right it's just so they like don't they don't do that often they must have only been able to like get this guy they must have had to record this episode in like very little time because they did not have a lot of scenes with this dude they paid him like a day maybe well he we only see his face in the last scene the yeah. one in front of the TV is totally in shadow. The rest of the time, it's his hands only or POV, you know? So, like, they could have gotten that actor literally for that one fucking scene. The rest of the time, it's just, like, some dude. Yeah, and honestly, like, I'm not going to lie to you, budget constraints, that's probably what it was. They only yeah. paid this dude for, like, a day and had yeah. to record all of his scenes in eight in six hours. Like, that's yeah. probably what it was. yeah. Wow, see, episode four, you're already having your budget constraints. It's no, all the it's music. Also just like, they started paying for music and they couldn't pay they their had, actors anymore. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, the other thing is, that's just something, I don't know, that I'm more cognizant that I think about. I'm like, okay, so you saved some money on this episode so you could mm-hmm. do something else later. Sure. Like, you have to think of the whole season yeah. the whole season picture more than you think of, like, one individual episode. Like, sure. oh, man, you really, uh, you really bungled this episode's budgeting i don't know it's just something that i think about when i only see the killer for like a scene or two i'm like okay so you only got him for one day so you only had to pay his union rate for one day good job (laughs) everything else was just an extra or whatever yeah like it's just it's just fun to think about because i like the construction of things with you know i'm the only person on earth who does but okay so they catch him they arrest him that's it they catch him they arrest him Okay. They say that they're going to make him famous, but they won't. And then we get on the plane. Um, <sighs> yeah. Gideon says, oh, I didn't give you your present. And Reed says, you never give birthday presents. 
which is interesting. Yeah. Gideon was like, we gotta get this kid laid, though. And the only woman I know (laughs) (laughs) who might sleep with a man is JJ. (laughs) That is so funny. So he gives him the tickets. Reed doesn't know that the Redskins are a football team. He opens them and he's... No, he says, I didn't know this was football. I think Gideon kind of sets Reed up for failure here by not explaining the concept of football at all. (laughs) And I think that's so funny. And and Gideon's like, yeah, you can have a great time. And Reed's like, well, you're coming with me, right? And he's like, no, you know who else on this plane likes football? And Reed says, I didn't even know this was a football team. (laughs) Oh, yeah, great couple. They're going to do great together. Also, like a football ticket, like sports tickets, you have to be able to infer from the ticket that it's a football game, right? I mean, if it says Redskins, it would be at what the what the fucking football stadium? If it was if it was Washington football team, it would be Washington at probably the Patriots would be closest to them or Jets. See football stadium. No, because there's a stadium in, um, oh, Cardinal Stadium. Wait, is that? No, there's a stadium in, um, fucking Baltimore, because of the. Oh yeah, the fucking Ravens. Duh. I don't know. Like, I feel maybe it's because Kennedy Stadium. Maybe it's because Reed has a bunch of has so much useless knowledge about everything. I feel like he would at least like they set up that Reed has so much knowledge about like traffic patterns and buildings and cities he doesn't even live in in like LA. They make that a point. And like, how does he not know that this stadium houses football? You know, the, the thing that I right, how would he not know there's a football stadium in his? Also, how does he not know the basics of like football teams? I know you're trying to play like a boy genius, but like boy genius should know a few things about just like general I, things. They yes. have him as everything. I don't know. He rides the Metro and he has an eidetic memory. I ride the DC Metro. I wrote it in the book four times, <laughs> but they have movie posters, sports posters. Even if he had just one time glanced at a pillar with an ad for a fucking Redskins game on NBC he yeah. knew it was a football team. Yeah. It you just know, like, doesn't... The things they make Spencer Reed not know make no fucking sense. Like, he doesn't know what Twilight is. But, like, I un- I understand not seeing the movies. I understand not reading the books. I understand not knowing the actors. Like, but Twilight as a cultural phenomenon would have been unavoidable. Yeah. If he had seen one person wearing a fucking Twilight shirt, he would know it was a piece of pop culture media at least. It wouldn't be, what's Twilight? It'd be, I only know the name. The movie posters for Twilight were unavoidable and obnoxious and everywhere. Definitely in the Metro. Definitely in the Metro. I don't, like, I... I, If he went to a magazine stand to get fucking Time or National Science Geographic. Science Weekly or what the fuck ever it is. The fucking chess magazine that apparently exists. He would have seen 
something about Twilight on it. He would have seen something about the Redskins. He he reads the newspaper, doesn't he? Yeah. I know for a fact the Redskin runs at runs ads in the newspaper. Okay. He doesn't know the football team. And Gideon is like, okay, well, they just so happen to be your co-worker, JJ's favorite football team. And Reed is like, oh, I guess I'll go ask her out. Oh, there's a moment earlier that we missed where Reed looks at Al and thinks, like, and says, why do, we, why do you think I, I can't get a date? And Al says, do you ask people out? And he goes, no. And she's like, well, that's why you can't get a date. <laughs> that's such practical, dumb lesbian advice. I love <laughs> like, it so goddamn much. do you so ask people much. out, though? <laughs> He's like, oh, no one dates me. And she's like, do you try to date people? Idiot. Like, <laughs> she's like, fucking be practical for once in your life. Ask somebody out, dipshit. I know. And then he does ask JJ out and it does not go well. And he doesn't date anyone again for like three seasons. <laughs> Poor boy. Um, yeah, so he asks her out and she is entirely um, unaffected by it. And then the she episode looks oh, and, so and bored. He, she, he sits next to her and she's literally like, I'm doing paperwork. And he's like, hey, I heard you like football. And she's like, yeah. Anyway, I'm doing paperwork. <laughs> like, And Hodge is sitting directly across from her. Oh, God. Looking like he's about to watch the best soap opera of his goddamn life. Hodge, Hodge is like, please read, please read, please read, please fucking ask her out. Read, ask this lesbian out. Please read, ask JJ out for me, please. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, and then, and that's the first time that Reed ever beats Gideon in a chess game. He's like, Which I'm going to go ask her out. Checkmate. <laughs> His raw sexual energy helped him beat Gideon at chess. This man fucks and also <laughs> wins at chess now. <laughs> but it's inter- what makes that moment so interesting to me is that in Compulsion, we learn that he can't win at chess because he he doesn't think outside the box. He has no creativity. This man fucks and now he thinks outside the box. Yeah, it's literally like Rita's like, what if I ask somebody else out? I'm good at chess, checkmate. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like what? It just makes me laugh. She's busy. She's got She's things to do. Busy. She's got no time for romance, okay? He was like, Hey, you wanna go on a date with me this Saturday? And she was probably like uh, if I say no, is that worse than going once and bringing my best friend along? Or, <laughs> but season fourteen makes it sound like she didn't even realize it was a date. Can you imagine a man? Ignore that it's read. A man walks up to you, hands you two bo- private box tickets to a Redskins game in DC, and you're like, "That's nice of him." Yeah, I'll hang out with my bud. I'll bring another bud. Oh yeah. Like the only thing worse would have been if she went, thank you, and took both tickets. <laughs> That's the only thing that would have been ruder than what she did. Is if she'd gone, Thanks, I know you don't like football. I'll just take these. Hey Penelope, you wanna go see a football game with me? <laughs> I think that's the end of the episode. I've I've gotten my catharsis about Jean out. I feel I feel relieved. We started recording this episode when the sun was clearly in the sky. It is now pitch black outside my window. Wow. It has been an hour and a half, hasn't it? Time has passed and it has t- come time once again 
for us to rank this episode, how much do you like this episode? Through it all, oh. through the cheat of it all, let's assign a numerical ranking to this episode. Let's just do yeah. one for let's, let's just do one ranking for the whole episode. Okay. So you do your your whole ranking for the whole episode, case and all. Um, I don't think this is a very good episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, we could not talk about it less. We we tried our hardest to talk about everything except this actual episode. Woo-hoo. So, what um, does that tell you about us? That we have good taste and this is a bad episode. You're correct. I'll give it a... I, I don't know, like a, like a three? A three? Giving I, it a three? I mean, yeah. Is that high? Do you think it's high or low? <laughs> I mean, I was honestly going to give it a four. I was so... thinking either a three or a four. Maybe give it a four for me. Give it a four because give it a four? Okay. this is the Jeed episode. I guess that counts. You know what? We're give it a three. It no, give, give it a three. It a three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back to three. Okay, I got you. Fuck that. They don't, they don't say wheels up. Do they say the episode title they say in plain sight at some point or i mean they say the words plain Plain sight right they say that right i think so i think when gideon's like they'd be right here in plain sight yeah okay perfect they say the episode title next time on wheels up we're gonna be talking about episode 105 broken mirror Mm -hmm. which will be an episode Certainly. It will certainly be an episode of this podcast. Things will happen in it. Things will happen. We'll probably make some dumb jokes. So we come out every other Wednesday. Until then, you can find us on all podcast platforms and all social media pl- platforms at Wheels Up Pod. All that Insta, Twitter, all that good stuff. If you would be so kind, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It does help us out way, way more than you know. James, is there anything else you want to say to end this episode? No. I mean, I want to say hell yeah. Hell yeah. That <laughs> was a strong hell yeah. I, hell I yeah. just hell popped yeah. my microphone to high hell with that one. Wow. I was a firm hell yeah. Do we have like an outro for this? Do you have a quote? Do you have a oh. quote you want to say? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Wheels Up with James and V, and uh, we'll meet you on the plane. We'll meet you on the plane. <laughs> we're still, we're still finding out an intro. This is hard. Outro. This podcast stuff is hard. Outros are difficult.